Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to the show. This is Sports with Strawberry Ice on a Monday here in the great city of Cincinnati, Ohio. And always, I'm bringing you sports from a west side point of view. All right, so you're trying to have a sports show, right? And there's no sports going on. Well, I found some stuff. All right, here's a rundown of topics I'll be talking about today. It's kind of a what-if question for all the fans out there who are always asking the question, what if the Bengals trade the number one pick and they take Cam Newton? What do you think that'll mean? I'll give you my thoughts on it. Okay, then you got Joe Burrow. When the Bengals draft him, is he going to live up to the hype? I mean, he's probably going to have the biggest expectations for a Bengals quarterback in history. And I got a Reds news here. Well, not news, just story. But Joey Votto, you know, he signed the uh, 10-year contract a while ago now, I think six years ago. Anyway, has he lived up to the contract, in your opinion? And if he has, what does that look like? Cheers. All right, let's get into it. Now, this is the what-if question that I got. Now, this is for all the people who message me. What if Miami gives us this pick, this pick, this pick, this pick, you know, gives us the entire draft and we take Cam Newton. Okay. So what, let's say Miami and Cincinnati trade. All right. And we trade down to Miami's pick and everybody's like, well, we take Chase Young. Well, that's not going to happen because Chase Young is probably not getting past Washington. I'm pretty sure they're going to draft him. I think they're happy with Hazlitt as their, um, as their, their quarterback. So I, if you trade down one, I don't think you're going to get Joe Burrow, obviously, because Miami would take him. Two, I don't think you're getting Chase Young at four because I don't think he's going to make it that far. So right there, that's one reason I wouldn't trade him. Two, all right, people say trade him and let's sign Cam Newton. Okay, Cam Newton is coming off two years of injuries. He's 30, 29, 30, somewhere around there. So he's getting to the point in the, of age where, sorry, but running quarterbacks start going downhill. And with the injuries he has, let's say let's say it works out perfect. And Cam Newton has a great, let's say, five years. All right? Because that's honestly about what he's got. Because he's not going to be a guy that can stand back in the pocket and pick you apart. He's not accurate enough of a passer to do that. Just look it up. It's just, just the way he is. He's a very good football player. And when he was healthy, he was great. I mean, he was an NFL MVP. He led him to the Super Bowl, you know. So you have to look at the Cam Newton that you're most likely going to get. One that probably can't move as good as he used to because of all the injuries. And he's already not that very accurate of a, of a passer. So let's say we get him, say we get him for five years. Say, and he's healthy the whole time. And let's just say he does lead the Bengals to one Super Bowl in that five years. Okay. So you get that. You got all these draft picks and hopefully hit on most of them. And then let's just say Miami drafted Joe Burrow who, by all experts' opinion, not mine, the quote-unquote experts are saying he's one of the best best quarterback prospects to come out since Andrew Luck. That's not my words. Yes, I'm saying it, but that's what the experts are saying. So if he lives up to the hype of what the experts expect him to do, you've got him for the next 10 to 15 years, as long as you take care of him. Obviously, you've got to have an offensive line and stuff like that. He's an accurate passer. Most likely, if the uh, Dolphins do it right and they draft right and everything, you know, 10 to 15 years, he's going to at least one or two, maybe three Super Bowls and multiple playoffs. Probably. Now, this is best case scenario for both ways that I can see it. 
So my question to you is, is taking a chance on Cam Newton for possibly five years, I mean, it could be seven, but it's not going to be 10 to 15 like Joe Burrow. Take a chance on him and to, to get these draft picks and hopefully that the Bengals draft well with the rest of them and they all hit and we can go to maybe one, maybe two Super Bowls in five years. Maybe. I, I don't know. I mean, we still have a very hard and tough um, division, which I'm not even saying we're going to, Joe Burrow is going to do better than that. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying from the aspect of you have a quarterback in Joe Burrow who most likely, if he stays healthy, will be the Bengals quarterback for the next 10 to 15 years. Okay. You have Cam Newton. If you sign him at best, he's probably got seven at best seven years. Then you got to think about this. Why does Miami want to give you all these draft picks that they have accumulated over the years to try to get better? Why do you want to give all those to the Bengals to get one guy that the Bengals don't have to do anything to get him. He's sitting right there. All they have to do is draft him. Now you're looking at this as now this could go roll this into my other topic is, well, can Joe Ver- Burrow live up to the hype? Because he is going to be one of the most overhyped and he's been overhyped on my show. <laughs> I'm, I'm guilty of it, but overhyped players to come out of the NFL or out of college in years. And the expectation for Bengals fans are going to be through the roof. I mean, we're thinking multiple Super Bowls, multiple playoff runs and all this. So the expectation level is almost unreachable for Joe Burrow. But can he handle the pressure? Can he live up to the hype? I'll put it to you this way. I was sold on Joe Burrow when he went against Tua Tungavailoa. Tua wasn't hurt. Burrow beat him. Burrow outplayed him. I was sold even more. National Championship game. Trevor Lawrence. You know, people. Uh, some people say, well, the Bengals tank and try to get Trevor Lawrence. Which is such a, a bigger crapshoot, in my opinion, of trying to lose enough games to get the number one pick again to draft Trevor Lawrence. That's why you might as well just draft Joe Burrow. But, again, Joe Burrow outplayed Trevor Lawrence in the National Championship game. So these are two guys that at the beginning of the year were, if they would have came out, would have been your number one and number two picks. And Joe Burrow outplayed both of them in a very high-pressure game in LSU-Alabama. If you know anything about SEC football and the rivalry between LSU and Alabama, it's it's not as big as LSU, or I mean uh, Alabama-Auburn, but it's pretty big. And it's still an SEC game. And LSU hadn't beaten Alabama in forever. Joe Burrow stepped up and made plays and beat them. Then on top of that, they're the favorites to go into the national championship against the defending national champions who or Dabo Sweeney was doing a great job on his guy saying, we're not getting any respect. Nobody believes in us. Yada, yada, yada. You know, he's putting all this. He's like, we're not supposed to be here. You know, we're not, we're not that good. You know, nobody, you know, they didn't think we should be in the, in the top four. You know, that's what Dabo's talking the whole time. So he's throwing all this pressure even more on LSU saying, you know, we got no pressure. We're not supposed to be here. LSU is has been the best team in college throughout the year. They're supposed to win this game. Joe Burrow, yeah, the first half wasn't that great. Second half made an adjustment and killed him. Kilt. Clemson. 
So yes, I think Joe Burrow can live up to, I don't know about the hype, because I think the hype is just so big, but he can live up to the pressure that he has been under. And the thing is about Joe Burrow, he has been doubted his whole career. I mean, people say, well, he wouldn't even won, you know, against Dwayne, he didn't even win against Dwayne Haskins in, at, at Ohio State, even if he broke his hand, which I heard somebody say that. I'm not sure what their source is on that. But Joe broke his hand, and that ended the the quarterback debate with between him and Dwayne Haskins. So he was doubted there. He was actually thinking about he almost transferred to the University of Cincinnati. <laughs> I mean, it was really close. I think he made the I love the Bearcats, but I think he made the better choice for his career going to LSU. Um, either way, all the pressure that he's been put on, and all the doubt that people have about him. Joe has stepped up every time. Now, people are like, okay, his junior year wasn't that good. It wasn't terrible. It was his first year there, getting to know everybody. And that, that, you know, his first year in the NFL might not be that great. I have no idea. We're going to find out. But my opinion, Joe Burrow is going to be the number one pick and should be the number one one pick. Because I'll have people email me. I'll think, all right. Jeff, what about what? This is what I think the Bengals should do. They should trade down. They should be able to get everybody wants to get. Um, I can't think of his name. Uh, Chase Young now. Everyone's get Chase Young from Ohio State. All right, all you Chase Young fans. There's a guy out there that the Bengals could probably get that's still out there for free agency. His name's Jadavian Clowney. If Chase Young is such an important person to get, why is Jadavian Clowney still a free agent? I mean. Sorry, but Jadavion Clowney was the number one pick overall. <laughs> and the Texans traded him last year. They traded him to Seattle. He had a good year, but they traded him. They didn't want to pay him that much money. And again, right now, nobody wants to pay him that much money. I'm kind of hoping the Bengals pay him enough that he comes here. That would be awesome. But that gets to my point that the NFL is a quarterback-driven league. And if you get a young quarterback under a rookie contract, like the Bengals have a chance to do right now, and you can build around him, which, like I've said in other shows, the Bengals, so far, looks like they have a plan. They're building the defense through free agency. And they did sign an offensive lineman. Now everybody's like, all right, we'll draft Joe Burrow. Well, how, well, we still haven't really addressed the offensive line. Okay. We've addressed it. Twofolds. One, they, they signed Surflow, which no, I'm not, not saying he's been all pro. He could be our right tackle. If the Bengals draft a right tackle in the second round, Surflow could be a guard. So that right there is flexibility and, and could help. But they also have this guy named Jonah Williams, who was our number one pick last year. This guy could be, I might say he's going to be, could be as good as Anthony Munoz. He could be a very, very good left, and you get a very good left tackle. That makes a huge difference in your offensive line. He's protecting the blind side of the quarterback. That is the most important part of your offensive line. They have Hopkins, who they sign. He's a center. You know, last year he started taking, or the year before they started taking over, because Brian, or Brian Price, <laughs> Billy Price did not work out as center. But Hopkins has. So you have your center set, you have your left tackle set. Your guards, like I said, Michael Jordan, I think, is ready to be to step up and be one of our guards. Billy Price, 
Could be another guard. I think, yeah, he's going to be overpaid for a guard, but it is what it is. I think he can handle himself at guard. And then you have Surfla. Now, the thing is, if they draft, which I think they're going to, I think they're going to draft an offensive lineman in the second round. And if you do, as long as he's not a left tackle or a center, the rest of it is pretty well open. So he could be guard. He could be right tackle. We could, we have parts to move around with the players we already have in place. And if Joe Burrow gets the offense down, like I think he can, because I mean, I'm pretty sure as soon as he gets signed, they're giving him the playbook, regardless if there's practice or not. He's going to learn the playbook. And he's a pretty smart guy. He's going to figure out how to beat you. The Bengals give him time. He's going to beat you. So, wrapping this all up, I don't think it's smart for the Bengals. It's to, it, well, it's smart for the Bengals to take the easy pick for once. For once, the easy pick is the number one pick. It's easy, and I will, I will take this. All right, say, say they, say Tua, it ends up having a better career than Burrow. I'm okay with that because all you can go on right now is what you've seen. Tua, I think Tua can be a great quarterback. I think Tua is injury prone. I think that's going to be his biggest problem. That's why I would not want to draft him. I think other than that, if he wasn't injury prone, it would be a debate big time between Burrow and Tua. But Tua is injury prone. So the thing is, I'm okay with the Bengals drafting Burrow and Tua having a better year. I don't, or better career. I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're both going to have great careers. I think they're both very good quarterbacks. Like I said, I think Tua is going to have more injuries, and that might be his downfall. But the thing is, potentially the best quarterback the Bengals have ever been able to draft is sitting right there. You take him. Bottom line, you take him. And I am 99% sure that's what the Bengals are going to do. Anyway, all right, moving on to another Bengals quarterback. Should be in the Hall of Fame, in my opinion, is Ken Anderson. Now, I preface this by saying, what if? What if the Bengals had won Super Bowl 16? Do you think that would have pushed Ken Anderson over the top to be a Super Bowl quarterback? My opinion is yes. Because I posted some videos and stuff on uh, Bengals Nation and on Sports of Strawberry Ice over this weekend. And it was talking about Ken Anderson and his passing records. Like 75 and 76 were unbelievable. Bob Trumpy quoted in one of these videos that when Ken Anderson retired, he was second behind Y.A. Tittle. That's pretty good. Now, I know it's not now because passing is way beyond anything like it was when Ken Anderson played in the 70s and the early 80s. But, in my opinion, if the Bengals had won that Super Bowl, Ken Anderson would have been a lock for the Super Bowl, or for the Hall of Fame. That's what I think is holding him back. And I know people are like, well, it should be, it's an individual award. It should be based upon if you won a Super Bowl or not. Quarterbacks are different. Everything is based on them winning a Super Bowl or not. Now, I know you say Dan Marino didn't win a Super Bowl. Right, he only got the one. But Dan Marino, he had more publicity and he is a better passer than Ken Anderson. I mean, that's not even to debate. 
He's got the he had all the records when he retired. So he is a different. He's an asterisk. You know, put an asterisk by by uh, Dan Marino because he didn't win a Super Bowl. Most of the guys who've been in the Hall of Fame have won Super Bowls. I mean, the one that surprised me that still has isn't in there. I'm pretty sure he's not in there. Is Jim Plunkett? He did win one. He won one with the Raiders. Did he win two with the Raiders? I can't remember if he was there in '83 or not. I don't remember. I know he at least won one. Maybe he did win two. Either way, he's not in the Hall of Fame, so that kind of kiboshes my my theory. But for the most part, my theory is true. If you win a Super Bowl, you ha- I mean you have to have a career to go with it. Like okay, don't get me, don't get me wrong. Joe Flacco, he won a Super Bowl. He's not going to the Hall of Fame. Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl. He's not going to the Hall of Fame. You have to have Hall of Fame numbers to go with it. Ken Anderson has, when he retired, has Hall of Fame numbers to put him in for when he retired. That's what you have to base it. I can't base it on numbers now. If he won, won that Super Bowl, I almost guarantee you he would be in the Hall of Fame. What's your thoughts on that? You can message me down below or uh, on my Facebook page, Sports of Strawberry Ice. And as always, this show and every show is brought to you by T Properties. T Properties, quality housing for quality people. Check out their website at www.tpropertiesllc.com for all your rental property management needs and your rental needs. All right. Moving on to another subject I got today is uh, Joey Votto. In your opinion, has Joey Votto lived up to his contract? Most people will say no. I'm not saying he has. I'm not saying he hasn't. Because I don't know if anybody actually lives up to these contracts. Unless you win championships. And it's just like the Super Bowl. Everything comes down to winning championships. If the Reds had to do it over again, I don't think they... And they knew what they were going to do. I don't think they'd they'd sign Joey Votto for this long of a contract. Because at the time, I think they were going to sign him. And they were planning on signing other people and... For some reason, realized they couldn't afford it, <laughs> or what? I, I don't understand that whole time period. Like we went to the playoffs, you know, two out of three years, didn't win any playoff games, which is a story of Cincinnati sports here lately. And then we signed Vado. We had Bruce sign, and we had, had Philip sign, but they were already signed before Vado was. So their contracts were going to expire well before Vado's did. So. Then they, had, then they decided to do the rebuild and trade everybody off. And Votto had some of his best years then when the Reds were terrible. <laughs> I mean, three years ago, I think, I think he finished third in the MVP voting. So, and everybody forgets that. And, and, and people blame Votto for how bad the team was. Baseball is a team sport. My opinion is if the Reds had been able to keep it going and keep going to the playoffs and hopefully winning playoff games and hopefully eventually winning a World Series, I think most people would say, yes, Joey Votto has lived up to his contract. But when he's the only player left from the glory days, quote-unquote, you know, when we're at the playoffs and he's got all the money, he's going to get all the pressure. It's just like when Carl Lindner (laughs) paid two guys, Barry Larkin and Ken Griffin Jr., which... Both of them are great Reds. I had no problem with them getting the money. But he paid them and expected us to come down and watch two guys. I'm not going to, I mean, I'll watch them, but I'm not going to pay attention as much as I would if we're going to playoff games, you know, and and we're in the race. 
So that's where I think Joey Votto gets the short end of the stick. He was the one that was here, and he was playing great through those first couple, you know, couple years of his contract. And if you remember back, there was uh, some guys on the radio. They were like, "Now look, the first five years of contract, he's going to be okay. It's the last five when he starts getting above thirty and beyond. You know, nobody can beat Father Time. That's the one undefeated thing. Once you hit 30, 35, your skill level just goes down. It's just life. It's just the way it is. So Vado is not the player he was when he first signed the contract. So it's really hard. If you don't win right at the beginning of the contract, you know, and to to act to actually say that he's worth it, you know? So in my opinion, he would have been worth it if the Reds would have kept going and kept going to the playoffs and kept being a playoff contending championship team. The problem is they weren't. So, no, he hasn't lived up to it. But I don't totally think it's his fault. Does that make sense to you? I mean, because if you're going to the playoffs and you're winning World Series, nobody's going to say anything about his contract. When you're in last place and you're getting your head kicked in, Everybody's going to point out, well, we're paying him all this money. All he does is walk all the time. Uh, when we were winning, it wasn't, I mean, people still got upset, but it wasn't that big of a deal. So anyway, those are, that's my uh, two cents on Joey Votto and his contract. What's yours? You can message me on Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, all under Sports Strawberry Ice. And you can message me down below on the Facebook page. All right, now we got the coronavirus pandemic going on. As always, I ask you guys just stay home, wash your hands, take care of yourself. Hopefully, by the end of this month, I I keep I keep focusing on the end of this month, <laughs> end of April. Hopefully, the numbers will start going down and we can start getting back to real life. But we'll see what happens. I know President Trump came out and said that he can't see fans of the stands till August, which is fine. I'm okay with that as long as they play the games. I can watch them on TV. No, it's not going to be the same. I just watched WrestleMania. This past weekend, and there was nobody there. It was still entertaining. It wasn't as entertaining as it would be with a crowd cheering and everything, but it's still entertaining. And for a couple hours, you can forget about what was going on. So, I at least hope by the end of April we can restart uh, spring training, a training camp for the NBA, training camp for NHL. At least get these guys going, trying to get the season started. I'm hoping that'll happen. But if you guys are out there and you have money, you need help, you have extra food, something. Go to your local uh, food pantry, food store, you know, donate. Help them out because there are people out there who are really, really struggling. And with Easter coming up, we just need all to stick together and we'll get through this. And speaking of Easter, if you guys are looking for uh, an Easter basket or an Easter box, my church, Seven Hills, has given away that all sanitized, sealed up box that has... Um, Easter eggs in it, basket, candy, all kinds of stuff. So you can have a Easter egg hunt for your kids in your house and in your own backyard. So you guys can enjoy Easter. So check them out. They're at uh, sevenhills.com. Uh, and you can check them out on the Facebook page, Seven Hills Facebook page. Anyway. All right. Now I have some other Facebook groups that uh, I, I help run that I like to uh, give a little shout out to. So we can go on there and discuss sports. They are Bengals Nation, Reds Country, and Bearcat Country. And I... Like I said, you guys have been awesome throughout this whole thing. My subscriptions are 
unbelievable. I wanted to get above, I wanted to get to 300 Friday. Pat blew past it this weekend. Wow, blew past. I got 315. Still, that's great. So next step, let's go to 400. Let's see what we can do. You guys have a wonderful day. That's just sports, baby. Tell all your friends about me. See you guys.